It's Spooky Swirl and it's a double release day. That's right, over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl for the $5 OTP backers. We have released at the same time as this, Sweeney Todd Reverse Swirl. I've seen Sweeney Todd, Kevin hasn't seen Sweeney Todd, and by golly we talk about it, and there are some serious opinions. The only way to hear that episode is over on patreon.com forward slash cinemaswell, plus at that $5 level you'll get instant access to over 30 episodes of Cinema Swill, a show where Kevin and I review bad movies. You've probably heard me talking about it. So if you're after more of us talking about the work of Mr. Tim Burton, patreon.com forward slash cinemaswell is the place to go. We even reviewed Planet of the Apes, the Tim Burton one, a while back on Cinema Swill, so hey. But that's enough of me, let's get spooky swirling. Come here to me. Let's go on a four and a half hour drive. It's episode number 85. Coming to you from the haunted petrol filling motor services station of Hollywood, California. Going through the spookily rebranded sausage rolls of movies that my OTP, Sam Chaplin, I'm Kevin by the way, hasn't seen. Ah, Hello, hi, welcome to Spooky Swirl. Hey, how's it going? Good, yeah, yeah, I'm alright. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not scared, mate, I'm a legend. Don't, uh, don't care. <laughs> Here we are, back once again, at the most ghoulish time of year, which is the end of October, traditionally, is when we yes. do this. Although I'm saying this now, and I'm saying this in the heart of spooky season. Yeah. Yeah? Not the heart, the heart. We've gathered heart. around. Yeah, it's hot. We should do more horror movies, I think, generally speaking. And yeah. we should do more spooky movies. More so than the fact that today, for Spooky Swirl, we're doing a Tim Burton special. Yes, we are. <laughs> and you will remember that we did the film Halloween earlier in the year because we, we thought did? it'd be funny. <laughs> so if you are morally opposed yes. to this being the Spooky Swirl this year, you can go back and check out Halloween and you can listen to it now on Halloween. Yes. Or alternatively, behind the paywall over there on Patreon, there is another, we're doing a simul dump, which is when two... It's this new phrase that we're trying to get off the ground. Yeah. It's kind of fun, light, kind of bouncy phrase. It's when two podcasts are released at the same time. It's a simul dump. And yes. over on the Patreon, there is another Tim Burton movie. Yeah. But one of us gets overwhelmed with a sense of existential dread in a nightmare-like sitting. So it is pretty damn spooky in itself. Ooh, very exciting stuff. So head on over. No, I'm getting too pluggy now. Head on over to patreon.com. <laughs> 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 Head on over and watch me sit, like literally have the worst fucking, it's, it's borderline snuff, I'm going to say it. It's the closest this podcast has ever come to us. Listen to an angry Irish man and learn why he hates musicals and get embroiled in fucking depression around Halloween time because you have to watch a shit fucking Johnny Depp. It's all happening all over again. So if you're hankering for more spooky stuff, that's the place to go to, to listen to some more. The movie du jour. Mm. Behind this rusty old creaky door 
It's Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice won the vote. And I will say Beetlejuice won the vote rather handsomely, Sam. Handsomely, comfortably, wonderfully. It did Oh, it. We, sh- we, sh- we should probably make it a little bit scarier, given the okay. Brandon and all uh, that. Scarily. Yeah. Spookily. Yeah. Ghoulishly. Oh, I love a bit of ghoulash me. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> Creepily. Creepily. I mean, no, it didn't creep in, though. It fucking, it, honestly, this was, uh, Derrily. Sorry. Michael Myers' unrelenting force is what it was. Again, we've not done Halloween here. We did it earlier did in the year, not on Halloween. I can see why we didn't do spooky movies outside of Halloween ever, especially like the one Halloween movie we do out of Halloween and we do one called Halloween. Yeah. That is making it difficult to get straight in my head right now. Yes, but at the time I found it funny. And so that's why we did that because I thought like, it was funny to do Halloween not on Halloween. I feel like I'm lying when I tell you guys that we did this, but it's not. It did It did happen. It legitimately did. It did happen. It did really happen. But that's not the film du jour today. The film du jour today is Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Now, we've chatted about Tim Burton Hold on before. a minute. Are we doing Cinema Swell or a Bush Tucker trial right now, Kevin? That's what I'm asking you, because I don't want to be drinking no Beetlejuice without oh, a deck Oh, I see. On, so. Very, very... Yeah. Uh, yes. I just thought that you had accidentally introduced an invasive species into the podcast. That's what I thought you were talking about there now. Anyway, sure, look it. So we've talked <laughs> about Tim Burton before. And we've talked about Tim Burton recently as well. But mm. I want to know, yes. I want to know, what, if anything, do you know about Beetlejuice? Who's in it? What's it about? What's you reckoning? Also, how the fuck did you avoid Beetlejuice? You grew up in the 90s. <sighs> right. Also, hello. Hello, hello. Let's talk about that Hi. in order. Right. Uh, I've forgotten the order, but what do I know? Who's in it? Michael Keaton is in it. Yeah. I'm pretty familiar with Keaton, all right? Why is that? Is it because you're GCSE Batman required viewing? That was number one. I'm Tony Blair and my vision for the United Kingdom, new labour, new Britain, new requirements for all children doing GCSEs to watch Batman. Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton, (laughs) is what he said in his little speech. Uh, So I've seen him in that Batman, and that was also Tim Burton. Yeah. I've seen him in Birdman. Oh! I've seen him in Spider-Man, brackets, oh! where he plays a bird man. Yeah, all right, enough of the men movies. You seen any other non-man movie? I know there's the one, The Founder, where the he's... Founder, uh, you I like The Founder. Yeah, where he's the, the founder of McDonald's. I know you saw that. I saw him in a documentary about the comedy store in America, which, because he used to be a comedian, Michael That's Keaton. That's it, you're right! He used to be yeah, a stand-up comedian. I forget that. And I thought, oh, this is quite a good documentary. And then towards the end, they started interviewing Louis C.K. post-cancellation. I was like, oh, oh no, this, is a, this has gone weird, this documentary. What's happening here? This is very strange. But Michael Keaton used to be a comedian and that was news to me until i watched that documentary so there you go i just saw anyone is wondering like louis ck just because he was he's a comedian and he's been cancelled that doesn't mean he's going to become like batman or anything like that no no, no. that's like you know (laughs) that's i don't want to think about that but so i'm quite familiar with keaton i know some of his work and i know he's in this i know you use the word familiar and not i like I know I do like him. I do like you him. Do like I him. do like yeah. him. I'm familiar with him and I like him. There's a lot of things I'm familiar with and that I like. Pepsi Max. Very, very familiar with and I like it. You know? Okay, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying Michael Keaton is at Pepsi Max level for me, but he's good. I've seen him in things. He's been good in things. He's got a. In fact, he was also in the Jack Frost thing that we watched. Yeah. <laughs> 
over on Cinema was. Swirl. Yeah. yeah. So he's made he's made an appearance on Swirl before, but not on Swirl yet, I don't not believe. On Swirl. Interesting. No. Yeah, I this think is you're his right. debut on Swirl. Other than him being in it, I, th- I think he's the titular Beetlejuice. So Beetlejuice is not the name of the movie, it's the name of the character. Yeah. Yeah. The main guy is Beetlejuice, right? The main guy. Okay. The main character of Beetlejuice is called yeah. Beetlejuice. I also know, okay. right, I don't know anyone else in it. I also know that Beetlejuice is the name of a star in, okay. like, there's a star called Beetlejuice. And I know that because there's a Blur song called Far Out sung by the bass player and cheesemaker Alex James. Oh, that was the one they used for the uh, Tory leadership campaign in 2019, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Good friends with Clarkson and Cameron is Alex James, which makes it very difficult to enjoy some of those cracking bass lines. Yeah, and he's probably like, I can't leave my child in a pub. He's having a fight because he didn't get his steak. <laughs> We're on a odd couple of threes we are. Oh, goodness. Anyway, one of the few songs that he was allowed to ever sing, he just names a bunch of stars and celestial bodies and things like that, and one of them is Beetlejuice. Wolf, three, five, nine, Beetlejuice. Uh, in the sky at night. Oh, anyway, I, I know that Beetlejuice you is a star. That, I, I'm going to stick a stand against now, right? Because yeah, okay, cool. if in our medium, which admittedly is a lot closer to just listing things and saying things, if we just listed out the names of stars, we get the fucking thick end of the wedge. And that's said to be music. Come on. All I'm saying, Kevin, is that there is not a single other Blur song that features Alex James on vocals <laughs> or songwriting duties since that one. He got one go and he fucked it. But in that song, there is reference to Beetlejuice, which is a star. So I know that Beetlejuice is a star. I think we can classify that piece of trivia as besides the point so <laughs> absolutely but I, no but we love to go on a tangent especially at halloween he's got a suit a stripy suit black a stripy and white stripy suit how do you know that is that like something you've seen on like people dressing up on halloween or so, is it something that you just seen from the the poster the look of beetlejuice i sort of know kind of so we've got that stripy suit black and white i yeah. think we've got kind of doc brown looking hair you know okay. they're kind of out there no it's more white actually i think <laughs> Fuck's sake. Your dark brown hair. This guy doesn't uh, even know Beetlejuice. Imagine if Beetlejuice had dark brown hair. <laughs> I've heard of Boo, but Brunette? Come on. He's got hair that goes out there, and I think it's kind of grey, whitish colour, and a scary, spooky face. It's a very popular Halloween dressing up costume, is Beetlejuice. Okay. Because I will say, I knew like one guy, and I'd say there's probably two or three women I knew over the years who did. Like on Halloween, they dressed as as Beetlejuice. Yeah. And I always thought, cracking job. That's like, right. you can't phone in a Beetlejuice costume. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's many elements there. There's makeup. There's hair. There's a suit. There is embellishments to the suit. There are mannerisms. You know, there's a lot to go on there. To be quite frank, Sam, it's a full-on Halloween experience <laughs> if you're going to go as Beetlejuice. You know when places do non-licensed Halloween costumes where yes. they try and do a name to suggest what the thing is. Like Luigi being plumber's mate. <laughs> and Waluigi being bad plumber's mate. I was trying to work out what Beetlejuice would be and the best that my brain could come up with was slug water. And that's nothing. That is nothing. Oh, um, Sam. That's upsetting. Slug Jesus. water. Come sounds on. like a kind of Victorian evil character, doesn't it? Oh, slug water. It does. It sounds like what would be one of them fucking shitty pies that I had to enjoy recently. So come here to me. You you tell me what he looks like, you know, the name and all that and the hair, etc. Yeah. Who is Beetlejuice? What's he do? What's 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 it all about then? This is the bit I don't know. Genuinely have no idea about. We're into reckoning territory then, isn't it? It's time (sighs) for the reckoning, okay? Right. This is going to sound stupid, but I think he does something with electricity out of his 
fingers, maybe. Okay. I've got something in my head that there's some... He's got electric fingers. Is it because of his hair that you're thinking that that is a result of some yeah. sort of, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. An electric yeah, yeah. shock. So maybe he's got, like, electricity power. And other than that guess, Beetle... I mean, he's a... He, it's a Tim Burton film. Is he a goodie or a baddie? Well, this is what I'm wondering. I think this is going to be closer to the kind of comedy and possibly musical side of spooky territory rather than... A, okay. I don't think this is a straight horror and he's the horror villain. But you think it's going to be a bit goth, though, the whole thing? I think it's a bit goth, a bit spooky. A bit macabre. A little bit of the macabre. But I think he's a good baddie. I think, you know, much like the Suicide Squad situation, he's been brought in. The I think Suicide he's, he's come in to do good, but he's, he's, he's traditionally a villain guy. Why would you invoke Suicide Squad? But he's like the main one and he's actually doing good. Well, I don't know. So are you saying he's hmm. supernatural or is he just like need a wash? Oh, I think he's either supernatural. Okay. He might have got struck by lightning and died and he's like an undead lightning man or something. Okay. He could be dead. He could be a ghost. He could be dead. He could be a ghost. I don't think it's as simple as he's a bloke. I think there's more to it than that. I think he's got something about him. But you don't know what. He looks a bit pale of face. Yeah. Like he's been dead for a bit and has come back or he's close to death or he is death. And do you expect him to be like, you have an image of him. Do you expect yeah. Beetlejuice to be like a scary character who's kind of in silly situations or do you expect him to be like kind of more of a wacky, just straight up wacky persona or whatever? Like thinking what you know about Michael Keaton, you know, how he might play it. What do you reckon to hear? He can be quite out there and wacky, but he can be quite stern and serious and intimidating looking. Now, do you remember the Grim Reaper from, uh, what's it called? I keep wanting to say Max and Paddy's. <laughs> Max and Paddy's excellent adventure. Bill and Ted. To fucking... Gr- <laughs> <laughs> to the fucking DVD show fly. Bill and Ted, the Grim Reaper from Bill and Ted 2. Oh, yeah, from Bogus Journey, yeah. I'm kind of picturing that kind of vibe. Like, so no, it's I'm... like on the surface, it's meant to be he's a scary figure, yeah. but he is actually kind of like a bit silly in his own way. Yeah, right? or someone gives him a wedgie or something. But he himself wants to be taken seriously. Yes, I think so. Okay. I think okay. he's meant to be scary, but I think this will be him in non-scary situations or something like that. And has this movie come up much in terms of, like, people at you to watch it or, like, people you knew who were fans? Were you aware of any of, like, what happens with Beetlejuice and his saying his name or anything like that? Do you know any of those things? No. No? No. No? I think I've eaten a Beetlejuice-themed cake. <laughs> Oh, if it's the black and white of the suit, though, that should be a nice, you know. Yeah. Go for the dark and you it know, was. I'll tell you, dark chocolate and white chocolate together. Let me tell it you. It was. Now. It was lovely. It was. We, oh. we had a Halloween themed Bake Off at work. I didn't participate, but I was on the uh, sort of judge. I say judging panel. Everyone just had a bit, and we all voted on which one we we liked the most. Uh, it was delicious. It was really delicious. But it was that kind of black and white striped, with, and it had some green coming. And then out with of the it. dark, the dark brown hair as well. That should be delicious <laughs> as well. <laughs> there was some green coming out of it. Green. I think, I think there was green. Where was the green? Was there green? Was this a Beetlejuice cake? No, it had the black. It had the black and white, and there might sure have been green. Like a, cru- a sexy Cruella de Vil cake you had. Uh, it could like have that. been, maybe. But I think it was Beetlejuice because everyone was like, "Oh, is that Beetlejuice?" And I think the person who baked the Beetlejuice cake 
was upset that other people didn't all get the reference to Beetlejuice. I think it might have been a bit subtle. I think it is... I don't know if I'm right or because like I you know I, I love Beetlejuice as a fucking yeah. kid you know I, but I love Beetlejuice long before I saw the movie because there was a Beetlejuice cartoon that I was fucking obsessed ah, with okay and then I finally saw the movie when I was a teenager and it blew my goddamn mind I'm not gonna lie but I was always quite surprised that I know there's been rumblings of a sequel to this for many mm. many many years like Michael Keaton's career died and has reborn like in in the space of time there's been yeah. speculation about a sequel but I would think I was always a little bit shocked that it did and kind of not penetrate the mainstream or I guess still be referred to more be more in the mm. kind of the public eye considering that we're in like peak nostalgia at the moment I feel Beetlejuice is probably somewhat left behind in that sense I'm not sure I Possibly. just it- it's got a cult following, absolutely. I'm not saying that Sam's office bake-off is the fucking absolute <laughs> transaction of British society and life. It's not far But if off. none of them got the reference and the closest was you, who didn't even... You have a film podcast where the gimmick is you've not seen Beetlejuice as of this episode. Mm. That speaks to me quite loudly that perhaps it has not been embraced by the younger generations and the older generations. It's one of those ones that I've sort of heard tell of like, oh, you should watch Beetlejuice, but not ever like why I should watch it or what's good about it, you know? Ah, oh, you haven't seen Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice. You want to watch Beetlejuice? Uh, why? Uh, Beetle, Beetle, you watch Beetlejuice? I'm delighted for you to watch it, but like yeah. when we, like honestly, like it's not one that I've rewatched many times, even though I loved it. And even though the Beetlejuice cartoon was honestly one of my favorite things when I was a kid, because I liked to consume the media that was given to me as a child. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Like, I reckon you like it. Okay. I think so. Yeah. But to say that you have even remotely zeroed in on literally anything about the movie and what it'll be is is an understatement i've got a guess yeah about how he i think he's got big shoes like a clown would big what big shoes to fill like no literal big shoes a literal big shoes. i reckon he's got clown shoes on no, that's beetle shoes you're thinking of <laughs> it's f- it shoes, shoes the size of a, of a beetle the car you idiot yeah. come, <laughs> come on well now that we know what we don't know, yeah. let's go into the unknown, which is knowing that there's some mail that needs to be answered, and it's only in a bag. Oh, fucking hell, what was that? Oh, it's just it's just the mailbag. It's just some mail. No, oh, that was it? the mail bass you opened. Oh, Thank you, as ever, for all mail sent in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.allmail. If you've... Not all mail, mate. If you've got any... Um, <laughs> if you've got any questions, queries, comments, or other stuff, and send it on over to that, that their same address. Please. Our first message comes in from John, and I say John in inverted commas, you'll see why later. Dear lads... Ever since the infamous Colin Cum was first mentioned in an earlier episode. <laughs> I swear to God, like that that always catches me by surprise. Yeah. It's caught on, Colin Cum. Yeah, I didn't really think it would have. I really didn't. Very rarely do exasperated <laughs> things catch on. <laughs> Ever since Colin Cumble's first mentioned in an earlier episode, I've always thought that it sounded like a name for an unrealised garbage pail kid and fully expected, <laughs> other, <laughs> fully expected other listeners to feel the same, resulting in a submission of some hilarious artwork to yourselves. As no, far as I know... Are we, we've literally been on our hands and knees begging for artwork and we're going to get a cum artwork now. Is that what's happened here? As far as I know, that hasn't happened yet. And in order to exercise Why don't we just the image- call this cinema cum with Kevin and Sam and Colin can be the host and we'll just be show up now and then. 
I mean, I'm not against it. And in order to exercise the image from my head, I've done my best at creating a mock-up of what Colin, uh, what a Colin Cum trading card would look like, which you will find attached. If you're not already familiar with Garbage Pail Kids, I would strongly suggest Googling them first, as context is fairly crucial. I was, sh like, shocked by how fucking horrible... and Like, I was, you know, child of the 90s, as we both are. Yeah. And there's a lot of, like, ew, gross. But like, I remember watching a video where someone, like, just went through their entire Garbage Pail Kids card collection, and some of them mm. are just, like, fucking miserable, like, you know? Well, John mentions that context is crucial with the abomination he has sent. It says, FYI, I'm sending this from a burner account under a pseudonym as my future mother-in-law listens to the show. I don't think we're ready for that conversation yet. All the best, John, inverted commas. A lot of soon-to-be mother-in-laws of would-be Johns who are listening now with trepidation. Now... Now, here's the thing. Have you got this image on your... Oh, yeah, I've I've, I've seen it. Or, no, I've not seen it, Sam. I've witnessed it. <laughs> well, here's the thing I would say to John, is that this clearly... Look, I appreciate it. It's taken a lot of work. It's very good. But it is an affront to it's all things decent. It's also disgusting. And, it is. And I, don't, I, I don't appreciate... I appreciate you having done this, and I don't appreciate you having done this. Like, I, I, I to a degree, respect the work that has went into yes. it but yes. also the fact that work has went into this is also like somehow disrespectful to me yeah. you know now at time of releasing this episode this picture should be up on our i was gonna say on our socials i think this might get us in trouble on facebook so i'll probably just pop, pop it up on the twitter <laughs> At Cinema Swirl. At you know, Cinema have a, Swirl. Have a little look at John's work. It's impressive and an abomination. And it'll come up with a, with a little thing saying, do you want to look at this picture of Colin Cumb before commenting? You know, to check the link out, you know, so you're not just... Look, we don't want to engage in a culture war here, let yeah. alone a cum culture war. <laughs> look, I always appreciate fan arts and things like that. But John, thank you. Please don't do that again. In that culture war, Colin Cumb would be a colonel because just the phrase Colonel Colin Cumb says, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go i thought we'd we, we'd put in something spooky in here and that was genuinely uh <laughs> when, frightening when, between this and fucking sweeney todd when did horror just become about upsetting me <laughs> when did that happen huh oh it's new seldom seen garbage pale kids <laughs> fucking tony wet pavement being <laughs> brushed by a fucking coarse yard brush Oh, look, Tony, <laughs> wet pavement. <laughs> it's Percy pork pie full of jelly. <laughs> uh, I mean, John, if you if you want to mock up some of those as well, pop them on over to cinemasworld.com. Right, thank you. And with that, the, the email account is erased forever. <laughs> Last episode, Dirty Dancing, we spoke about the concept of a all-night disco that I had when I was a young man, young child. Yes, and I would say, if you've not checked out that very mind-blowing discussion, we'll yeah. save you, spoiler for now, because you do want to go and find that in its context. It is, yeah. to this day, as a former teacher and a former student, mind-blowing. <laughs> but what we've had in some correspondence re all night disco so i want to okay just read out some of those because they're, they're great and i will say as well i i kicked this football around the pod crabs gang yeah and asked as far and wide not a fucking sausage no and some accusations that sam might be lying as well and sam i wasn't having any of that no yeah that, come on now please I, I can send you the link to the permission slip on the website there's proof now Speaking of not a sausage, I think there might be a hint of a sausage here. Oh? 
because Rob has written in, Hi Kevin and Sam, just started a late night listen to the Dirty Dancing Swirl and I was delighted to find out that the all night disco wasn't just an imagined event. I can confirm that my school, brackets, a school in Nottingham but not my school, attempted to hold one when I was in around year eight. Sorry, he says attempted here yes. now. That's also as well, it's not very, very good for this discussion point for our data here. Yeah. When our two data loan data points we have at the moment both are localized entirely within Nottingham. I was about <laughs> to say I literally was about to say, oh, the downside of this, Sam, is yeah. our surprising global reach of cinema <laughs> swirl. Where now I'm well, not saying we have millions of listeners, but the thousands that we have do tend to come from different countries. And I thought that might look smorgasbord here. But no, what's the what's the Nottingham perspective like well, on this? We'll come back to that later and you'll be eating your words and indeed some humble pie. My permission slip, says Rob, was signed and sealed and delivered in anticipation of just being with my friends all night legally and with permission. Unfortunately, it got cancelled a couple of days before, with no official reason as to why, but rumors were rife with theories. Teachers had heard of planned alcohol consumption during the disco and scheduled violence between schoolyard scheduled enemies. Scheduled violence. violence. What a band they were. <laughs> I've messaged my friend about it to see if they remember and their reply was yes. I don't think it ever happened though. Didn't the teachers get scared because everyone was planning on just staying up all night and not letting anyone get any rest. So yes, it was a thing. Okay. Sorry. The teachers were scared at the all night disco of the plot underway to stay up all night at the all night disco. One of the key details there from Rob is that he was going to go to this in around year eight. Yeah, that's so for international slash standard reference you'd be around 13 or so in school now when we were talking about it i was thinking well i must have been in year 11 about to go to sixth form because that's the only time that makes sense for this but i think i was younger i think i might have been year eight nine ten i think i was a bit younger because i felt like that was just us kind of bashing out the logic there of thinking well that's when it would have been and then when the the nugget of an idea that oh of course this was to kind of preemptively cut out any students going out Mm. on the raz because they got their GCSE results, but you're reckoning it could have been, what, year eight or roughly thereabouts? Because when you started, you were talking from the point of view that you were younger than 15 or 16. Yeah, yeah, I think I was. And the the fact that they had like, you know, those big Velcro walls that you put a suit on and you jump on as some of the entertainment. You know those? You get a big inflatable Velcro wall that you get to just run up and bounce and and jump on. See, we didn't get that in my school. We just got measures to stop the proliferation of the dreaded foot and mouth virus that's all we got i forget about our cultural divide Um, now i think i would have been a bit younger or the britain virus as we called it and it's very curious but the fact that rob is based in well was when he was younger based in nottingham i think they must have heard tell of my school's all night disco and wanted to do it and look if we've proven anything on this podcast yeah it's that nottingham the sole city in the United Kingdom with a Hooters yes. that has survived lockdowns parts one, two, and three and a yeah. global pandemic is not a typical English city now, is it? It's a different place. Yes. Pride of Britain. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Pride of Britain with your booby restaurants and your child discos. <laughs> Never the twain shall mix, though, just to be clear there. Uh, Now, interestingly, when you mention international listeners, Claire has written in and writes, Hey, Swirly Boys, my name is Claire, long-time listener, first-time writer. In your Dirty Dancing episode, Sam brought up the all-night disco. Mm -hmm. And we were wondering whether this is the sort of thing that existed outside of Nottingham. I went to high school in Tucson, Arizona, in the United States, and at the end of my senior year, the final year before college, so that would have been like the end of sixth form. Okay, so you're more like 18, 17, 18, probably then. We had an event called Grad Night 
night. It started in the evening after our graduation ceremony, and just like the event that Sam described, it lasted from sunset till sunrise. Oh, see, that would work as well, because you could use your graduation robe as like a little blanket. Uh, yeah, yeah. In terms of why it existed, it's just as Sam speculated, the idea was that since graduation night is a time when kids are going to go out and drink too much, get in car accidents, etc., and make all sorts of other terrible decisions, the school was offering an alternative version with proper adult supervision. I see, I see, I see. I noticed here now offering, implying that this was like an opt-in thing as opposed to what we thought where it was like, you know, everyone's going to be going to this thing now. You have to go to this thing. Well, given that this was an officially sanctioned and alcohol-free school event, you might think the kids would think it was thoroughly uncool, but the memory of it was that generally speaking, students were really excited about grad night. Pretty much the entire class went and everyone had a great time. <laughs> Claire writes that again, I was a thoroughly uncool teen, so I might not have been the best barometer. Yeah. There was dancing food, assorted carnival games, a quiet little corner where you could rest. But the most notable thing was a miniature casino and all this all this stuff about like a, a, a lovely sounding night where all the all the class got together to have a you know a nice well, like when, when I was a teacher, thing. you know, and it's different in Ireland because in Ireland we don't have GCSEs. We have junior search, which you have when you're like 15 or 14 there. You know, some people have it around that time. And then we have yeah. relieving search, which is the equivalent to the end of your A-levels where we're like 18 or whatever. The idea of like when the results came out that you're all going to go out. Because I was in school in Dublin and like, you know, there were kids and they're like, yep, here it is. I got my junior cert results. Right. I'm going to go for a night on the tiles. And like, right, here you go now. You're fucking 15 years old and you look like 12 <laughs> and you think you're going to go into Dublin city centre pay a cover charge and get in and start buying some 10 euro pints are you and what it ended up being was that we had like a great mix and I saw this as well when I was teaching in quite a rural school and yeah. this happened with GCSEs as well there was the kids who were like oh we're all going to go out and then there were the kids who were like oh I think other people are going out but that's not for us and none of the kids who wanted to go out actually managed to because it was a small village you know so all the pubs were like no we're where not serving go? children yeah. where are you going to go so you had half of people who just lied and said they all went out and the other half were like jealous about something that didn't happen <laughs> so the idea of this all-night disco is sounding yeah. more and more rational but i'm thinking we need more plot points here because tucson arizona that could basically be the nottingham of new mexico you know so well thank you for your message claire if grad night resonates with anyone else and they had different experiences of it let us know bonus points if you're from not nottingham Yes. Or not Arizona, you know? And you've had some sort of experience of this. Bonus points if you have life experience. I think there, mu there must be another school in the UK that's done this. Surely. There must Surely. Be My school in Nottingham can't be the only fucking school that's ever done this. This feels like not a job for Google, more like a job that you and I need to go down to like some newspaper archives in a library yeah. and look for like tragic events that happens. <laughs> Maybe a bit too much research. I'm not, you know, Dave, I'm not a Dave Gorman type figure. I'm not going to go find evidence of all night discos, you know. I'm not a Dave Gorman type figure. I'm not going to go and like advertise Freeview Television, for instance. <laughs> Uh, no, no, look, it's an ongoing investigation. That's yes. it. All right. I'm curious to hear more. Curious to hear more. The investigation can go cold. It's all up to you, the listener. Cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. So thank you for your for your mailbag submissions. All right, that's it for the spooky mailbag. It wasn't as spooky, but I think the uh, Colin Cum trading card did a lot of the heavy lifting there, <laughs> really, in terms of spookiness. Are you ready to be scared and or delighted and or entertained? Give me that juice. Then let's go do a spooky <laughs> swirl. 
Just before we get into talking about this movie, I wanted to let you know, as this is a film featuring Alec Baldwin, this episode was recorded before the tragic news came out about the death of Helena Hutchins on the set of Rust. We haven't changed anything about the episode and there weren't any references or jokes that could have accidentally seemed insensitive, but I think for context, it's worth knowing. So let's get back into it. Sam, initial ghoult reaction for Beetlejuice. Hey, look, look, right, I wanted to do a kind of spooky... (laughs) But that might have made out that you had a spooky, terrified time. I'm not sure if that was appropriate or not. What I wanted to try and communicate was that I had a laugh, I had a good time, I wasn't that scared, but it's not really a horror film, is it? It's a horror-adjacent comedy film, but... Hey, good. That's so. I, I, I wanted to get that out in a sound. I couldn't. You weren't scared or made uncomfortable during this. Not really. It's interesting because I, in previous, I believe it was a previous uh, Burton adjacent offering. The stop where motion we had a, thing. A deep dive on the stop motion, and this wasn't stop motion trying to be cute. This was stop motion trying to be ooky and strange. Yeah. And I think he actually said to Tim Burton about this that he purposely made a lot of that animation stuff. He made it a little bit rougher than the studio would have wanted because he wanted it to invoke those kind of older B-movies and stuff like that. So have you like kind of come around on this? Because obviously people tend to forget that we're human beings who develop and grow over the years. I know it's crazy and I'm not closing the door on the possibility that you're no longer scared or (laughs) perturbed by stop motion. There's not loads of stop, there's quite a bit, but there's not loads of stop motion in this. And what I think's happened, not to get all Paul McKenna on you, but I've through doing this podcast and watching films with fucking stop motion in, I've had a bit of the old immersion therapy. Oh, so are you saying that, that lights have guided you home and you have been <laughs> fixed? You. You've been fixed, you have. And that's what Paul McKenna would do at the end of his show when he go, and you've been fixed. And he pointed, hey! Yeah. I've been fixed. You know, I've been a little bit desensitised to it and not quite as eked out by it. But it, okay. I still don't like it you've got tougher skin to it is what you're telling me i think so there's bits where i'm like yeah but tim burton handles stop motion well even when he's trying to make it look disgusting it's only ever a certain aesthetic or a certain type of motion that just puts me off and it's not it's not that bad but yeah not not completely grossed out by this here's an interesting one like to try and maybe figure this one out Mm. you know like the very first wallace and gromish where he's like Racking jeans, Carlbert. Let's go to the moon. That's what I think we should do. (laughs) And it's oh Jesus, what like oh like there's a bit on Blackpool Pleasure Beach where Mm. you go on a Wallace and Gromit themed ride, and when you get to that bit, it's like oh it's a it's a ghost train now because early Wallace Gromit's fine. Early Wallace disturbing i've got got articulation (laughs) in me eyes, lad. I need to go to the moon. Oh, oh. <laughs> genuinely a bit horrific yeah <laughs> give, right give me that Ardman animation where they're trying to make it look like stop motion but it's cgi give me that flushed away shit inject that into my veins all right i want it smooth i want lighting effects i want no real hands to have touched it i want digital hands all over it no i don't want david Tennant to voice everything everything <laughs> most modern slick Ardman stuff apart from like the very early stuff is very is, is absolutely fine i don't even get icky about it 
from my stop motion perspective. You're right about early Wallace and Gromit. Mm. It's yeah. Never mind Wallace and Gromit. Let's talk about <laughs> Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin yeah. and this frankly ridiculously impressive cast that is stacked long before and also starring michael keaton as the titular beetle goose oh it's a stellar cast yeah. it's a stacked cast yeah. sam it's ridiculous mm. Catherine o'hara 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 winona Ryder. it's this stacked. and a pedophile as well oh yes so yeah yes the all, old uh, all sorts the pedophile we've encountered the <laughs> So the guy who was the principal in Ferris Bueller... Jeffrey Jones? Something like that. Take a look at his Wikipedia page. Have a little look there in the uh, personal life or criminal conviction <laughs> that, that section. Kind of, yeah, that, that goes further from personal life. Like yeah. that's, that's more into legal issues Crimes. and troubles. Yeah. So he showed up, I think, on Howard the Duck. On Cinema Swill, yeah. On Cinema Swill over on Patreon. Yeah. And it didn't feel very appropriate to talk about it in, in a great deal of depth. No. But, but he's just someone who, who shows up everywhere, and particularly if you're a fan of the movies of the late 80s and early 90s. I was initially delighted to see him and how the duck when we watched that I was like oh it's the guy from the thing and then you and then you I know, was like no he is somebody else Wikipedia <laughs> over here gave me all the pertinent information I was like, oh no that's a real horrible horrible thing and so what it is is that he asked a 14 year old to pose nude for him right. and he was also found with child pornography or images of an underage person of a sexual nature and he didn't serve prison for it as far as i know okay but he got in trouble on two occasions because he didn't update his he's a registered sex offender you, yeah you can go on the american sex offender registry and find him hmm. and and he didn't update his status like you're meant to on it or whatever it is. So I'm talking like it's fucking Foursquare. But he, he, got, in, he got in trouble <laughs> on multiple in. occasions for not checking in. Right. And on one occasion, the last kind of biggish movie he was in was Who's Your Caddy? Which in a roundabout fun random story, when I was in New York when I was 19 years old, yeah. I was asked to provide audience feedback. I was, brought, I was in a cinema anyway and someone's right. like, hey, do you want to go watch 10 minutes of this movie? and give feedback and who's your caddy which is a romp to say that no it's an awful awful movie okay but he's in it and that production got in trouble because all the people in the neighborhood were like he's a sex offender and you didn't tell us that he was coming uh. and they were inviting families to come on set to see the hollywood movie bring the kids like no don't bring the kids there's a sex offender there well that's the horror portion covered of uh the that's it that's, right there in spooky swirl but yeah. like i was quite amazed that his career is still kind of i mean it's it's not what it was obviously but you know the deadwood movie when that came yeah. out they brought him back you know and i was quite shocked like you know i'm a big deadwood fan but i didn't think he was a necessary like oh he has to be back bring back the pedophile deadwood was after he was convicted so yeah yeah, the original Deadwood was like, anyway, he's in it. He's in it. A who's who of... Uh, a who's who of ghouls, both fictional and real, in this movie. Speaking of, we do open as well yeah. on something very scary indeed for Sam. Oh, fuck, right. We pan over a sleepy model village, which initially I thought was like, oh, Tim Burton's really doing the whole model's aesthetic here and he's making it look all kind of... You know how, like, Wes Anderson doesn't even bother to make it look like it's real now? He's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I live in a Part of it. little, yeah. you know, chocolate 
illustrate chocolate illustration? What am I trying to say? You know, like on a biscuit tin. No, like in the way that Wes Anderson's new movie, it's, I don't know if you guys know this because it's only been in the festivals, it's all done in the style of the art you would find inside the sleeve of an animal bar. And that was a very bold artistic vision. And he stuck with it the whole way. Right. Well, we've, we've had over this little model village. And oh no, a fucking big old spiddly diddly comes crawling over the house. There they are. So I, initially in my notes, I wrote, fuck this film. <laughs> Game over already. I'm not. Spiddly diddly's nature's stop motion animation. <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred percent. It's not a very subtle metaphor, is it? That something scary is going to come over the house and make it all. But, you know, it sets the mood. They're the Maitlands. They're oh. in their slightly odd house. They're a yep. lovely couple. They're very nice. They're celebrating their anniversary. They're all loved up. And they're going on vacation at home, which in 2020. 21 is like we've all been there and that's what an actual staycation is right yes yeah that's not going to somewhere in the uk that's or, or in your own no that's a ucation that's <laughs> stay within your house and maybe the garden that's a staycation all right or you can visit the grounds brackets corner shop you yeah. know, that's also part of the staycation experience so they're staying home they're all loved up adam and barbara this couple the maitlands and a real estate lady jane is showing up saying oh there's offers on this house it's too big for you and when you look Let at the me house sell your big weird house when you look at the outside of you like that is a fucking massive house that's ridiculous that house it's huge but she says it really ought to be for a couple with a family yeah, well, Sam, this is 1988, so a house yeah. like that would have run you like five, six thousand dollars <laughs> You know, you'd be paying that off for, you know, most of a year to a few years of your life, because that's how mortgages worked back then. <laughs> I did think well, that should be for a family comment, and then it all gets a little bit sad for a second. Was that necessary? That a bit of exposition? Like, either they don't want a family or they can't ha but i guess later with the stuff with winona Ryder's character you're like oh i see that it's implied that like they're missing a kind of child figure in their life yeah, like they perhaps. do say like oh we could try again you know yeah. they're all kind of happy but the thing is they're all they're, they're very happy regardless you know they're living a lovely blissful life in their big massive house the thing i'm not sure if you got this or not but this yeah. script the original beetlejuice script was a way way darker way nastier piece of work and okay loads of like straight up like horror moments were going to be in it mm. originally and it kind of got workshopped and tooled up and i think once burton got tied up with it and they kind of changed some of the writers and all that there's kind of many cooks in this broth i think saying right. it's just tim burton is probably grossly yeah, yeah. understating other people's involvement but they definitely took something which was originally at one point going to have beetlejuice taking the guise of a sinister middle eastern man who would fly around like a demon and at one point brutally murder a younger sibling uh, of, oh, uh, of Lydia that they, they've come out the other side with something a little bit more family friendly even though yeah. it does still remind you at moments that there is something darker underneath the surface. It like does. for instance the Maitlands they die in this car crash, which in a loved up couple dying in a car crash is played in the nicest way possible. Let's it's just a really say. cute car crash. Of all car crashes I've ever seen, this is the most adorable one because they swerve to avoid a dog. They kind of, they're teetering off the edge of a bridge. The dog is perched on one of the like planks holding them up. Like, oh no and then the dog jumps off they fall off into the water and it's just like a it's a it's an adorable car crash and i know i know I, <laughs> that's a weird Sam. thing to say 
But that's the sweetest car crash I've ever seen. Well, apparently the original car crash, you were going to see them literally like going, no, and like pounding right, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah. car and all that, and her arm getting ripped off and all sorts of horrible things yeah, are going to happen. Yeah. But like, it's so kind of cute and quick that you're kind of along with them. You don't realize really that what's happened to them when they come back in the house and they're like, oh, and I... <laughs> <laughs> the way they kind of figure out something's wrong is like they come over and they're all wet and they put their hands near the fire and I thought it was going to be like oh they can't feel the warmth but no their fingers become candles which is one of the telltale signs of being dead <laughs> of being dead you become wax and you have wicks in your fingers <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Adam Alec Baldwin tries to leave the house and there's some cool funky music video looking weird green screen stuff where it's like a spooky planet and there's scary shit everywhere and there's like more clear hints that they're, they are dead they're not reflected in the mirror stuff like that and you know what Sam and this I wouldn't have said this before the last two years mm. but genuinely I don't think I would mind this like honestly I don't think I'd mind this if me and Joe both died in this way and it's like right you both look and are the same you're yeah. not like horrible ghouls and you still have all your faculties and you can seemingly touch stuff but you have to just stay in your house that is emitted you're in a house that's too big so yeah. honestly that's I mean being dead in it is probably the best way you'll ever get used to out of a house like that I was on board with the whole death thing at this it's point it's a pretty cushy afterlife situation really this yeah. isn't it like, you just you come back you get to go home and still you know be yourself interact with your loved one but you could yeah, no one else can right, kind of see yeah. you and that's fine I'm alright with that yeah we did lockdown one we we're all basically dead <laughs> They don't get into things like, can they eat? Can they ghost sex? And, you know, these yeah. things we don't address. No. So I could be very, very naive. They could be in a state of existential dread. But generally, their motivation, the thrust of, we just want the house to ourselves. That I get that. I absolutely get that. <laughs> I think those two are able to touch each other, aren't they? Yeah, they, they, they interact are. with each other. So that's fine. I think you'd be all right. And they can pick Grand. stuff up. So even if you can't, even if you don't need to eat, you could kind of pretend to eat stuff for a laugh. I think it'd be it'd be absolutely fine. This and you probably could have people round. Like it might be a bit protracted, and you might be able to see each other, but you could see them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so it's be probably actually better than lockdown in a way, being dead. Honestly, just get a whiteboard and a you know a marker. And then you, you can just write stuff down and they'll they'll see it. And in fairness, Sam, like not to, not to disparage anyone I'd ever socialised with, but mm. if everyone coming around to my house, if it was kind of agreed upon that you couldn't see me at all, but like I could do things like write or cook for you and stuff like not that. Not bad. It'd take a bit of the pressure off, like, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know. You wouldn't have to dress up. Like, I'm just saying, like, we've all had a touch of the social anxiety here. You and I yeah. relate to this and some oh, of this oh, is yeah. might as well. Yeah, yeah. And I never, I'll be honest, I never gave death as a concept a fair shake with dealing with that issue and this movie I'm not saying I'm completely converted but the movie had an argument to make and it made it very well I'm just hearing them out that's yeah. all yeah 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 fair enough I'm not killing ye don't worry alright and if you hadn't pieced together at this point that they're dead they say oh and there's also that and there's a handbook for the recently deceased which I, as you know as a visual goof as a, a fun prop as like a, a an important part of the film that's very fun and very funny which they, they never seem to understand its importance no. like they're like kind of just leaving this thing around everywhere yeah, well, that'd be good. that'd be on my person I'd have my special big trousers <laughs> ones with massive pockets that could hold a two litre bottle of Club Shandy I'd just stick them in there 
and no one would no one would say anything because no one could see me with my horrible boot cut pants that are definitely fictional and I don't own. You can have a handbook for the recently deceased in one pocket and a Nintendo Switch in the other one, and you'll be absolutely <laughs> fine. So Beetlejuice, we get a little little look at him. He's looking through the obituaries, looking for a, a job. Like, oh, I'm looking for a job. Oh, oh here, oh, who do we have here? Uh, uh, I'm Beetlejuice. Uh. We don't see He's him. Always he's always saying that, isn't he? He's always, <laughs> I'm, be- I'm Beetlejuice. I'm, be- I'm Beetlejuice, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be actually after the movie. I'm the Beetlejuice. When uh, Keaton would go back on the circuits, he'd come yeah. out to be like, I'm just going to do a little new material. <laughs> Beetlejuice, baby. And be, <laughs> that Jane woman, that real estate lady from the start, she sold the house. She <gasps> sold it. Oh, and no. we find out as well that like time doesn't work like normally in the afterlife. So what appears to be like a little stint of time for the ghost is actually oftentimes a lot longer yes. as well. So time doesn't work quite as normal. The new owners, mm. the Dietzes, we got a pedophile, we got Catherine O'Hara and Lil Winona Ryder, who yeah. in retrospect probably was the basis of style for, I'd say at least four or five people I've known over the years. Oh. They're like... They're they went into the haircut slash all clothes shop and said, I'll, I'll give me the, the Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, an inspirational look if you're thinking of, you know, goths, basically. Or funereal chic, as I like to Ooh, call it. Oh, funereal. Anytime oh, I can say yeah, the word funereal, funereal, I'm happy. And it's spooky swirl, no, so it, it might got- come up once or twice. It's got a, that's got a sticky mouthfeel, funer- oh, funereal. Oh, it's a fudgy word, Sam. It absolutely is. <laughs> It's a jammy word. <laughs> you really need to chew on fun- funereal to really, yeah, get it there. They're moving into this house, the, the Dietzes, and they're, they're kind of yuppie, yucky New York types coming out to the sticks to settle and, uh, down. Uh, we boo. have Catherine O'Hara is is like a, kind of a, an unsuccessful artist. Yeah. JJ seems to be something along the lines of a, like some sort of a financier or like big cat on Wall Street because he is essentially, he's meant to be retired and the kind of running gag is that he is incapable of escaping like the work mindset yeah and and again i think it's glad we've mentioned all this stuff about him being a despicable piece of shit so anything little moments where i'm like i appreciate the craft is not an endorsement of a no 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 no, no, Um, no. but when he's like i'm perfectly at ease and you can see his leg just kind of hovering (laughs) and vibrating that like little touches like that he plays it very well look there's a reason why he was in everything this guy you know character actor sam here's one for you i don't think we have character actors as much as we used to back in the day it feels like it feels like in the 80s and 90s there were like a good stable of men and women who were known as being character actors and now in 2020s it feels like we've got well the people who were known as character actors back then the few of them that are still alive yeah i don't know who are the modern character actors i want to know I was going to say, like, what, Paul Giamatti, yeah? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but he's more of a leading man now, I think. Yeah. The Philip Seymour Hoffman, but he's no longer with us. The character actor feels like it's definitely, like, the road less travelled. You yeah. can't be yeah, yeah. having five seasons of a successful prestige drama with you as the lead and be a character actor. But no, maybe I'm completely wrong on that. Well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you might think, oh, Paul Giamatti, he's a character. And that's fine. <laughs> that's good enough for you. That's your low bar. Well, I'll tell you what, there's some colourful characters in this film because Catherine O'Hara, she's going about spray painting the word mauve onto walls, much to the delight <laughs> of her interior designer, which I, that's just, that is funny, that. We're just going around just spray painting things. Going, 
mauve. Did you kind of get any of these moments where you're like, Jesus, this is 1988? Or, you know, just kind of felt like it's a little bit ahead of its time in some respects. Yeah, Even though obviously they're satirizing 80s excess, yada, yada, yada. But I don't know. It feels very like, like this is a mother movie that it birthed lots of other ideas and concepts that were taken visually. Yes. You know? it's And it's like stylized enough that it doesn't fit weirdly doesn't feel as dated as it perhaps should doesn't feel yeah it feels a bit more recent than 1988 i think like when you do that thing though you kind of like you want the effects to be a little ropey you want just to see the the artifice or whatnot yeah those movies always age very very well but i was yes. blown away i was thinking this is going to look a little you know i was expecting it to be a little janky but honestly it looked fucking nicer than sweeney todd yeah you know <laughs> I would say this is the yin to Sweeney Todd's yan, but that would involve a level of contrast that movie's not particularly comfortable with. Because it'd just be a grey fucking circle, wouldn't it? And if you want to hear Kevin expand on his thoughts, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema as well, where we've reviewed Sweeney Todd. A different where, experience. honestly, I was going to jettison Tim Burton as someone I would ever speak favourably of ever again. I was ready to never, at a dinner party, ever again say, I saw him once at a concert and I shouted his name and he turned around and I took a picture of him on my 3510i. I, I was going to jettison all of that. And then this movie brought me back so into the back fold. Around. Well, that's great. Not a Burton head, but a Burton forehead for sure. <laughs> so Adam and Barbara, they're attempting to scare these new residents. They want them to go away, <laughs> but they are adorable, I this love couple. this. <laughs> like, it's very, very funny, the idea of actual dead people doing sort of impressions of what scary dead people should be like. You know, they're, they're trying well to be scary, even though they are dead. Like, their first scare attempt is probably the scariest thing that they do. They're like, oh, geez, what will we do? Like, I don't know, maybe, like, hang yourself in the closet and have your fucking face come off and scream. You know, I'd maybe, you know, they're so yeah. mild-mannered and nice. And that's like, that's like Tim Burton stuff at its best, where, like, you can give me something like that, and I still think they're cutesy characters, these too and he's running around with no head you know because they, they did a bit where he's got his his head off and the you know they're trying oh look he's got no head and he's running around trying to close the attic door so they can't get in there and i think he just doesn't want them to ruin his lovely model village that's the thing he, he's that's the main thing it? yeah yeah the, the attic is is locked and off limits but of course this is all causing a great deal of stress for the deetses delia yeah. deets catherine o'hara with one of my favorite lines i swear to god i will go insane and take you with me <laughs> She's great, isn't she? She's so She's fantastic. good. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? I feel like a real mug that it took me seeing something like Shit's Creek to realise just how good she is. Good Lord, she's fabulous. But I think a lot of people were in that same boat, you know? Yeah. A kind of retrospective, oh, wait, she's, you know, incredible at this sort of stuff. So, yeah. So they go into the afterlife and I do remember the cartoon, this is called The Neither World. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's because Afterlife is a lot more like, yeah, they're all dead here. And hmm. let me tell you, anytime they step out of the mortal world into the various bits that make up this afterlife, yeah. it's just fucking gold. When they go onto that weird planet with the sandworms, like it's just, it's so stylized, it's so weird. It's like they're walking into like album covers from prog bands from the fucking 70s <laughs> or something. I love it. And 
the reason it's so hodgepodge is that apparently yeah. in the original script it's like oh no they're going to like the moons of Jupiter and then they're going to go to like you know the river sticks and all these different places mm. and then they just grab them all together and say no nah, this is just the afterlife it's just loads of random weird just shit. fucking weird great love it don't explain it it's fine <laughs> it's a lovely opportunity for Tim to do some of his animation stuff you know yeah. it's a nice okay. little them sandworms yeah oh gross disgusting horrible but I'm, I'm just about actually off to go see June this weekend. So it got me, got me in sandworm mode, let me tell you. <laughs> They're proper gross stop motion bastards. But I think I can appreciate the craft. You know, I can look at that and yeah. be like, you know what? Fair play to you. We cut back to the Dietzes having a, a family dinner uh, with Winona in, in full goth mode. My whole life is a dark room. We'll build you a dark room in the basement. <laughs> My whole life is a dark room. I mean, come on. That's great. I mean, she lost me, though, when she started bashing MSG. You know, I'll be having none of it. You at home, you need to hear this. MSG is absolutely fine. Okay? Yeah. It's okay. It's great. It's as fine as, as Indian MSG, Asafedita, and Italian MSG, anchovies. And I realise that a lot of those things people don't like. But... Trust me, they're good. <laughs> and the family have decided, the Deeses, that they're just going to they're throw out all the furniture. They're getting rid of everything. Everything's going to be thrown out. So that's, that's worrying for the Maitlands here. You don't want to be getting rid of everything. That's all their stuff. They don't want to be part of Extreme Home Makeover. It's the 80s. It's too early. Um, and we, we get a little advert from Beetlejuice. He's sort of he got a little flyer or something promoting himself as a bio-exorcist. Oh, I love, I love this ad. It's just like clear that they gave Michael Keaton, you know, a vague <laughs> bit of direction. Just said, you're a fucking car salesman. Go out there, do your thing. And it, he just reels off. He's like a mile a minute. It's amazing. It's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. It's full of energy. I'll eat anything you want me to eat. I'll swallow anything you want me to swallow. I mean, it's that it's that local TV thing in America, isn't it? Yes. The kind of the thing that Tim and Eric, you know, have made a, a career out of lampooning wonderfully. It's that yeah. that surreal, bizarre local telly adverts for specific businesses. Too energetic for what it is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just want to put um, a hand on someone's <laughs> shoulder and say, "Calm down." You're like a way, way above the required level here. And we get the thing that I didn't realize until it was too late that he's one of the say the name three times and he shows up people. Yes. There's someone else who's that. Who is it? Candyman? Yeah, it's Candyman. Is it Candyman? Okay. It's Candyman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Candyman and Beetlejuice. And th- I feel there's a... Nah, is there another one? Another... Th- I think there's loads of... three. Th- say it a bunch of times in a mirror or something and someone will pop up behind you. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you say my name 85,009 times in a mirror... Yeah. I mean, I'll come round, like, you know. I'm not going <laughs> to appear... I'll be on my way, like, you know. Yeah. I'll drop me a pin, I'll come round, like, you know, we'll have a we'll have a chat. Why? You know, why? Whereas if a, a, an English person says your name eighty nine thousand times in a the mirror, they still probably won't pronounce it exactly right, I think. No. <laughs> Actually, you know what, all of you in England have a go. Say my name as many times in the mirror as possible until you get it right. You'll, you'll never summon him because you we no. won't quite get the stresses. No, right you'll get right fucking place. Kevin Moran or if I'm in Scotland, Kevin McMahon will show you know, some other fucker like, Kevin you know. Or Mahoon or Mahoony. <laughs> Mahoony always gets me. And that's like, that's the one that's probably one of the most common ones. Kevin Mahoney. Who the fuck is Mahoney? No one's called Mahoney. <laughs> Mahoney. <laughs> Off-brand moomins or mahoonies. Like. 
couple of quick notes here. Winona, Lydia, the goth daughter, she can see the Maitlands a little bit. And also, Maitland sounds like my kind of theme park. You know what I'm saying? That's hey! All, you know, I, I don't want to go to big celebrity land. I want to go to Maitland. You know? Maitland. Maitland. Just hang out with some mates. But would you like to go to Maitland with a celeb or your mates? <laughs> I'm taking my mates to Maitland because I'm a legend and I love Pepsi Max. There you go, you heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) The guide for the recently deceased says that in event of emergency, draw a door and knock three times. And it works. I do like they mention a few times that the the handbook is like, it's all in there, but it's kind of, it's written in a slightly difficult to decipher, overwhelming manner. Yes. It's basically like, imagine if you were in this exact situation, but Mm. it was like a Google product that you had to do and you had to like sync your devices to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Jesus Christ. I mean, like, I don't trust him with my calendars anymore. I don't know if I can trust him with my afterlife. Got to keep entering the Wi-Fi password again and again. You keep getting the thing from the back of the router. I'm coming around on the living thing again now, if I'm honest. Like, I've, kind of, <laughs> I've almost convinced myself, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if the afterlife is full of Google products. Lots of difficult to understand things, because, yeah. like, they go to the afterlife, and it's, it's overwhelming in the best way possible. <laughs> Play as many video games as you want, but only on Stadia. <laughs> Uh, Let's talk about the fucking incredible scenes here in the afterlife. Yes, the yes. colours. I uh, feel like there was a lot of video games I played in the 90s that borrowed liberally from this palette. And I'm talking like, I got Mario 64 vibes. I got yeah. the Day of the Tentacle and Sam and Max. And I got like yes. all sorts from this. It's just like super vibrant, really, really unhinged freeform imagination there are like it doesn't feel like it's just spiraling out into madness though like oh there are no rules no because you got this bureaucracy that's been established here but then seeing all these like really colorful in some cases literally colorful characters it's like green ladies and stuff like that yeah yeah. oh man the shrunken head dude the fucking squashed guy oh my goodness sam this was good the squash guy, right, big, big fucking laugh. Big solid gag here. The squash guy, he's like on, kind of on like a, a coat hanger being pulled along. He, he says, how do I look? And, and they say, you look fine. He says, thanks, I've been feeling a bit flat. Because he's like, he's it's squashed. So, and I'm like, fucking, yeah, really got me. Yeah, I love the bureaucracy and the boringness, but it's treated in a cartoony way. So it's really yeah. fun, even though, you know, like, I've not watched it for a while, but The Good Place. And that has a whole thing about, like, the afterlife being a kind of bureaucracy and there being... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, for a large part, treated as actual, like, boring office-looking places. And that's Yeah, sometimes when we're satirising the bureaucracy so much, you actually get dragged into the (laughs) tedium of the bureaucracy and all that. But this is, like, proper cartoon, colourful bureaucracy. So there's so many funny, colourful characters in the background. It's It's, it's a more implied bureaucracy that doesn't get in the way of... Honestly, you know, it's it's not like kind of frantic or anything like that. The movie takes its time to introduce yeah. all of its various bits. But oh, it's a breeze, this thing. Let me tell you, it, it almost watches itself. Also, they give a, what I thought was a great line and that generally hit quite hard with me to just a janitor passing by. They see a room which is full of ghosts who have been exercised. Oh, yeah. And, it, and it, he says, it's death for the dead. I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus. It, it, oh, wow. You know? You get just enough silliness and just enough morbidity. Yeah. Where I think it's going to be down ultimately to personal taste because I'm sure mm. the people who watch Sweeney Todd and they'll be like, oh, well, you know, it was morbid, but there was enough silliness for my taste. 
And I yeah. love the color brown and gray. So it was fine. Whereas this, it was more silly than it was scary. But there were a few moments where I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That, again, you, through the cracks in the floorboard, you can see that fucking demon movie uh, that was in uh, here. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking with all the, the cartoony stuff, the thing that this put me in the mind of was the mask. You know, with, yes, with Jim Carrey yes. as the mask with all the kind of the cartoony bending of faces and I reality. I mean, we're probably getting a bit ahead of ourselves because like, when we first see Beetlejuice, I was like, oh, okay, this is what the mask was. This is what Jim Carrey watched, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, Because, I mean, it's more than a bit. And I know it's kind of obviously Jim Carrey and Michael Keaton are very different guys and they have their own energy and all that. But yeah. the general idea of let's give a comedian who is known for kind of you know impressions and over the top physicality and all that jazz let's just kind of give him free reign and almost like write this weird character around him I really feel like this is very prototypical for what we saw on The Mask I think if we watched this movie before we watched The Mask you probably would have had a different the, viewpoint on it yeah, yeah yeah also I, I do really love their old lady caseworker Juno oh, Juno yeah. He was basically just like, read the fucking instructions. Come on, like, what are you doing? Just read this all in the book. Why do you need help from me? Um, so she's fuddy-duddy, not really helping. And so they're tempted to use Beetlejuice. They've and seen she the warns advert. them, though. She warns them. And we don't get, like, big loads of backstory for Beetlejuice. We just know that he used to work with her on the bureaucracy. Yeah, and now he's a freelancer. Side of things. And now he's freelancer, <laughs> and everyone kind of hates him a little bit. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of... I'm almost, like, surprised when I watch this movie again, like, how little... Like, there is a world and all mm. that, and there's an afterlife and etc. etc. But they don't spend lots of time world-building. I feel like no. movies these days, if they were doing something like this, you'd have to know who's in charge of the afterlife, who was right. Beetlejuice before he died, what's his role, what does everyone... You know, whereas this is just kind of, you get a little peek through. They don't dwell on it too much. Beetlejuice, the early years, coming to Disney Plus within the next 10 15 years I reckon well I will say as of 2019 the, the Beetlejuice sequel which I said they've been trying to do that is officially shelved, shelved yeah. on the dust Shelf. shelf and Beetlejuice we see that he's in the model village cemetery and he's got a sag nut Sam <laughs> Have you, what is it is that a real thing fucking alright so I've been, very, I've been very fortunate with fans of various podcasts over the years have sent me and Joe some boxes of sweeties from across the universe, which I always greatly appreciate. And with respect, and not to sound like a, a bitter bastard, where's where's my sweets? You know, <laughs> cinemaswell at gmail.com. I'll start. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's all, I'm going to tell you about the greatest goddamn bar in the world because Sorry. I got Zagnut like six years ago and I laughed for a good five minutes just because it sounded like an old 80s wrestler they'd bring in to try and beat up the hero of the local territory. Yeah. What will you do when Zagnut comes for you, Jerry Lawler? But Zagnut, if I remember correctly... <laughs> Still making me laugh, though. It's a great word, isn't it? Uh, Zagnut, if memory serves me correctly, is basically a nude Butterfinger. Right. What's a Butterfinger? You've not... I've heard of Butterfinger. I've never, I still never had one. What? So you can get them in the UK now. I've still never had one. Oh, well, I, mean, I mean, Simpson I, used to advertise them, but there's honestly nothing like it that we have in the UK. Like there is no, not. It's not just butter coated in chocolate, though. No, it's a buttery peanut lattice, right? Kind of caramel brittle, covered uh. in a thick layer of chocolate, and it's Zagnut fucking good. Is the nude version? Sans the Zagnut chocolate. is just the lattice, I believe, on it. Right. Own, okay. You know? So yeah. 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 Well, Beetlejuice is using that to tempt a fly into the grave with him so he can eat it. He's eating a big fly. I'd be fly. like punching that fly. I'd be going right for it. Fuck off, fly. That's my Zagnus. 
little mini Zagnos. Yes, please. And no, 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 no. Adam and Barbara now being very cute. I mean, they kind of did their peak scaring early doors because now they're just wearing sheets and saying, Ooh. Oh. It, just, it, it doesn't, still doesn't work because he thinks the dad of the Dietzes thinks it's just his daughter messing around. You know. Well, that was the, the advice they got from Juno was to kind of be a little bit more simple. Don't be high yeah. concept. Only do kind of what you're comfortable with. You know, work on it. Practice. Yeah. You know, it's in, there's a bit of craft that goes into a, a haunting, which I appreciate because most of us probably think it's easier than it actually is. And I like mm. that they went to that effort to explain that you do need to put the hours in if you want. I to don't really know what I'd do if I had to haunt someone. Be shaking up all their cans and stuff like knock that, shit over. What are you gonna do? You know. I've realised, and it happened last night when I was in bed, I realised that I probably, the noises that my body says make this noise. I've kind of, like installed, you know, in certain cars, they put a thing that prohibits it going over a certain speed. Yeah. I think just as a combination of being an adult and living with someone and having a little bit of shame inside of me, mm. I've got kind of a cap on how loud I would yawn if I was living in the woods like an animal. Right, or yeah, burp. yeah, yeah. So you just sure, you just you? do your typical noises at full volume. I go full fucking beast mode, Sam. Is what I'm saying, <laughs> and that would scare anyone. I'd make the timbers rattle with my <laughs> yawns and burps. <laughs> and hey, you know what? When uh, Catherine O'Hara is sleeping, I think, and they're trying to spook her, there's some wrestling on in the background. There's a bit of eighties wrestling, a little, a little bit of AWA, I think. A bit of the wrestling on in the background, but it doesn't work. I think she's had sleeping pills or something. But tell you what, old bloody Winona, Lydia, she can see them. She can see them, and she's very blasé about seeing the dead. Like, oh yeah, you're dead. Are she you? also oh, has cool. a very fast Polaroid camera. Oh yeah, could you? And it just keeps spitting out pictures everywhere. Yeah, they're not that fast. You can't even get them that fast now. Yeah, we're in the future. You know, that was back then. Maybe it was like back then when she was like, "Well, these will never run out." So, (laughs) (laughs) once it's established that they're definitely dead and they are ghosts, yeah, she is so happy to be chatting to some legit deados. She she can't hide her disappointment that they're ghosts and not ghouls. She really wanted a ghoul. I suppose as a goth, right? If you meet the dead that would be like meeting the popular boy band of the day two goths you know yeah like, oh, my, oh my god you're dead that's amazing that's this is all i've ever wanted i'm so excited to meet you kind of get your autograph that kind of thing i love how seriously lydia takes herself where she's yeah. like you know she's figured out why she can see them she's like well they say that the living ignore the strange and unusual and i myself am strange and unusual and there's a certain grandeur. This is kind of, I guess, an early mainstay of goth representation mm. in the media, let's just say. Yeah, yeah. And I do like the kind of larger than lifeness of it all, you know? Yeah. She's yeah, not yeah. reserved in the slightest about no. her gothicness, and I like that. Big goth, proper goth here. If you're going to go goth, go fucking all in on it, yeah? Exactly, and that's what they've done here. And you can see why Tim Burton was drawn to this script, you know? Although I can't see why Tim Burton didn't cast Winona Ryder in like a million more things after this. Strange. She was in Edward Scissorhands, wasn't she? But then, uh, Yeah, I think so, yeah. Dropped off not long after that. She, she was in a relationship with Johnny Depp, and then was they broke she? up. Oh. And so I think it was a kind of, you know, pick your team, Tim, and... <sighs> History will tell you 
that he, he went with Johnny Depp. He did. For better and for worse. That's who he chose. Selections were made. They've said Beetlejuice three times, so now they're sucked into that model village, which I, I thought the logic of what happens when you say Beetlejuice three times. They're not very clear on it, are they? No. Because it seems to imply as well that if you say his name three times, you're kind of entering into a pact with him as well of, of some yeah. degree. Like by them saying his name three times, they're in business now because he's like straight away, he's like, right, off to it, we're ready. They have yeah. to dig him up for the model village. And I love, I just love, like, I love the times where they go into the model village and they're like digging up and big stuff. versions yeah. of little stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, just, yeah. Oh, I got such a kick out of it. Like, I just very rarely it happens where I'm like, I would have loved to seen this set put together or just see someone That's, with a camera. Yeah pan through just show me what i don't want to see a full documentary give me 60 seconds i just want to see it you know well i was thinking that i was thinking how much fun it must have been to build these sets and put this sort of thing together and then part of me thought it's probably just a day's work and it It was like quite quite stressful but part of me wants to believe like it's fun and magic and you get magical yeah yeah and it's exciting you get to build all this stuff so that here he comes he comes out he's fucking gross (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's fucking gross with smelly kisses the first thing i wrote down in my notes was that oh he's a real colorful character and that was before he started like looking up barbara's dress and groping her and stuff and i regret writing down colorful character now but it was too i wrote it, it was too late you know, I don't want to brush that off as colourful character behaviour. In these strongest possible terms, Your Honour, he was, and I quote, a bit of a character. <laughs> In the strongest possible terms, I am doing the special thumb with that. But, like, they acknowledge it straight away. Like, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure Bab says, I'm not exposing that little girl to that pervert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Beetlejuice as a character is a mile a minute, big comedy energy. But he's horrible as well. That's he's the horrible. most important thing. He's grotty. Which blew just... my mind because like, I watched the cartoon as a kid. Yeah. Like, I checked up today. That ran for a hundred episodes. Fuck. Four series. Wow. So yeah. like, my mind is like, ah, a little tie-in thing. They probably made 10 of them. No, 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 no. They fucking made a hundred of them. And um, Beetlejuice was was a much nicer guy <laughs> for the kids. He was Lydia's best friend and he loved her and he wasn't trying to like marry anyone or right. fucking look up their skirt or whatever it is. He's a bit of a sort of comedy pervert, I guess, is maybe a way of describing his character. And Barbara changes her mind and she says, home, 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 to get back to being home. I'm like... I don't realize that's how that worked. If you just say, if you say anything three times, it appears because they they managed to get out of the model village by saying home, 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 home. Merry Christmas. Will it work if we go England? Will that work? I don't know. England, England, England. Oh look, I'm oh, in we're England. here, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus, no, how about that? Don't write it off. Swanky dinner. Oh no, the agent is here and friends who've come down and hopefully they've brought cocaine with them because that's all that these yuppies really want at the end of the day. Come and stay, please, as old <laughs> Stu would say. There's nothing and- here to do. Now, when they sat around at the dinner, I wrote down here, they managed to make the prawns fucking scary. And that was before the prawns actually became haunted. Yes, they looked gross to begin with. I love how awfully decorated and horrible this house looks now. The kind of proper 80s, (laughs) yuppie, garish trash. Love it. And yeah, everything looks gross and weird. But suddenly, oh, Delia, Catherine O'Hara is singing that, Dale, Dale. The deets get (laughs) Dale. 
<laughs> You've been deoed. They sing the song, they all do a little dance, but they're doing it involuntarily. And then prawn hands! <laughs> and that was just Adam and Barbara. I was proud of them. I was really proud of them. I put, I'm really rooting for these two. That was a real good show. That was a nice mix of fun and terrifying. Yeah. You know? Honestly, this haunting here is what most ghost trains should be aiming for. And I feel a lot of them miss the mark. Faunting. Yeah. Faunting. <laughs> yeah. I'm fawning over this faunting sound, let me tell you. <laughs> Look, when we do our Ghost Train podcast, we're going to have yes. to bring this up again, is all I'm saying. All right. But something I love as well is that, of course, the yuppies, far from being spooked and scared, it's are immediately investment opportunity. in love with this investment opportunity. Yeah. And Otho, who's like, he's introduced like the architect, but he also is like, oh, I used to be a chemist in the Bronx, and I used to be this. And he reveals he's also a former paranormal researcher. And I just love this guy. He's just like this very convenient like as convenient to them as he is for the movie that he is yeah, everything just an expert on all things but the guests don't believe that these are actual ghosts because they can't they can't reproduce it the ghosts don't want to uh they're shining yeah and you would be though if you'd failed to spook someone like yeah but the, the deets is they make their way into the attic uh-oh that's not where you want them adam and babs nowhere to be seen otho interior designer he nicks the handbook and he 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 swipes it sneaky now this is a point in the movie where i think my notes and my shorthand has done me wrong because i written down beetlejuice's bj and <coughs> there is a transformation here and unfortunately yeah. i've written down in massive capital letters because it is scary big bj snake which is um <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that guy, all right, is what I'm saying. I'm not the big BJ Snake guy, like, you know. You've just been writing down my search history, Kevin. No, no. no I just, you know, I just thought I, you know, we need a new Cinema Swirl t-shirt in the in, <laughs> in the in the books. And big BJ Snake, like, you know. Just scrawled in your handwriting. Just <laughs> like a white t-shirt. <laughs> I reckon we'd sell two. You know what? I think that would be a, a worth <laughs> Worthwhile do you want t-shirts because i you know for a man who's got a lot of podcasts i never actually know that or not do you want t-shirts do you oh audience do you want some audience do you want some yeah. do you let us know yeah. we've done some limited runs before but there's none available at the moment they're not available though, because they were limited but that's probably yeah. you know those of you who have them i bet you feel pretty fucking good about yourselves huh do you want some t-shirts want some t-shirts no, not, not the BJ Snake one, necessarily. That's not how I should have started this presentation. <laughs> You're right. And look, dragons, I'm just saying, do you want t-shirts? I'm sorry, no big BJ Snakes you, you will be involved. You have actually, in the proper definition of it there, buried the lead because you led with <laughs> big BJ, BJ Snake. Snakes. What you actually wanted to say was, do you want some t-shirts? Do you want some t-shirts? So the dad of the Deets is, he wants to turn the house into this research centre slash theme park. But yeah, the, the BJ Snake is here. Beetlejuice is a big snake to fuck him up. This was impressive stop motion. Very impressive stop motion. And still, even in big disgusting snake stop motion form, he's having a look up a skirt and he's a, yeah. still, a, st still a pervert. <laughs> no, no matter how he manifests himself. Pervert snake, just like they had in the Garden of Eden. Can you imagine? <laughs> And he drops the dad from a pretty significant height. He scares Lydia. Little Winona well, he, yeah. he, he scares her. And Barbara of the Maitlands is very upset that he's done this. Beetlejuice, why? Why would you do? You absolute bugger. Bugger juice, I call him. He's a oh. right, right jerk. He makes himself all spiky when he's in the little model village cussing him out. And like, because yeah. he can pick him up. And there's so many little things that he does. Anytime Beetlejuice goes through his pockets, always makes me laugh. Like, he's mm. just, there's 
always something. And yeah, yeah. for such a strange costume and character design that he is, man, Michael Keaton is just like, he shouldn't be as believable as he is, you know? Yeah. Like Beetlejuice yeah, yeah. has kind of got like big kind of silly panda marks around his eyes. Like his makeup is kind of shittily done in fairness. Like, you know, he's not like believable corpse or anything. He's very silly. But mm. you just buy it that this is what this guy's meant to look like because Michael Keaton, he sells me. it. He sells it. And you know what? They kind of hold him back a little bit, I would almost say. Like, yeah. he's not in every scene. The, he's, right. he's there just enough to own the fucking, to own the movie. But they give you less. He's almost like the Terminator, Sam, I was going to say. Like, you know? <laughs> he's the Terminator of Beetlejuice. There's not as much Beetlejuice in Beetlejuice as you would expect. Yeah. Scant. No, we're not scant. Slight. No, there's enough. But he's not in it a lot. He's in it quite a bit. He's kind of a, a consistent kind of threat of a presence. You don't find yourself going, where is he at this point in time? You always know kind of that he's there at any moment in time. I was impressed at the restraint of the mm. use of the titular character, let's yes. just say. I love one of my favourite little lines. Yeah. Um, that's what's great about this. There's all this like big bombastic action. And then are all these like little fucking gems dropped in. Like Beetlejuice is distracted in the model village because there is this little mini titty bar that has been set up yeah. for him. And he's like, hey, baby. And he walks over there. <laughs> And Babs just turns straight and goes, Adam, why did you build that? <laughs> and he's like, I didn't. Uh, I, yeah, you thought his little model village, it was, it was just like a nice hobby. Turns out he's making sexy <laughs> miniature houses full of little nude ladies. <laughs> they get sucked into the death bureaucracy office again with Juno, who is furious that they've enlisted Beetlejuice. There wasn't much to this other than like, why have you, this is a bad thing that you've done. There's an American football team behind me who've died in a crash. But she's trying to tell them like, you can do it yourself. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. trying to like. There's no need for you to have to have no. ordered that in now. You could have done it yourself. Yeah, and she's like, "Come on, show me your tricks that you can do now." And they both manage to turn themselves into ghoulish versions of the main characters from Spy versus Spy. <laughs> I don't know Spy versus Spy. Is that a we got pointy faces, Sam? It's very good. The elastic face stuff. It's very impressive, you know, and it's quite uh, cute how talented they are at doing this. And she's impressed. She's like. Meh. Done. you know not bad it's still a bit scary though isn't it like it's a bit horrible you know it's horrible with all the kind of like stretchy eyes, eyes and eyes everywhere eyes. if you had an eye thing it wouldn't be for you now you know no no, no. And i don't know about you sam but the scene of lydia writing her suicide note is probably the funniest suicide note writing scene i've ever seen in a movie not that there's much competition <laughs> the fact they managed to make me chuckle and not feel weird was impressive with yes. her constantly scribbling out and putting in better more impactful words like instead of saying I'm going to jump off the bridge I will have plummeted Plummet. to my death yeah, yeah. and she's like I am alone she scratches out I am utterly alone <laughs> in capital letters instead fabulous because she wants to hang out with her dead mates and she wants to be dead like them and it's, a, it's almost an aspirational thing and in fairness to them that is probably the most morbid the movie gets is that there's this little girl who wants to kill herself and they yeah. actually handle it pretty, pretty damn well, well. For yeah. 1988, and we're mainly having yucks and japes here, they're quite yeah. sensitive about it in some respects. I didn't expect that. It's not too bad. Big boss guy, big old investor man is coming down from New York tonight. Oh! Uh, oh, you got to convince him that they've got a marketable ghost house, and they 
can sell it and make a big profit out of the ghost situation, right? Look, Robert Gillet doesn't get out of bed unless it's a five-tier level scare, right? You know, he <laughs> is nuts about haunted houses and ghost trains, and she won't leave New York for anything less than that. That's simple. So he's coming down. Meanwhile, upstairs in the attic, Lydia Winona, <laughs> she's chatting to Beetlejuice, and he's been like, hey, I'm, I'm, come, come down here. The same name. Three, <laughs> I, you, you forget at moments, like, you know, because it does, it's this real jagged mix of something where someone's gonna watch this and go let's make a kids cartoon out of it and you can kind yeah. of see it at points yeah. and then there's bits where it's like she's telling Beetlejuice look I want to be dead and he's like well you know maybe you say my name a few times and maybe we can talk about killing you and all that and then like, at one point she li- he literally says fuck you say it <laughs> And like, there's just like an, an extra layer of what, like the fact that Beetlejuice can drop an F-bomb kind yeah. of just adds that extra layer of unhingedness to it. It's almost like he's not meant to say it. This Michael Keaton said it in a take. He's like, oh, naughty. He, he says, he's fuck naughty you, little say little my name. <laughs> Oh, hey, uh, place your radar. Let's try again to say the name. Uh, her guessing the name. Some funny, like, Beetle Breakfast, Beetle Drink. I mean, beetle orange, beetle orange, orange beetle. But Adam and Babs arrived just in time to stop her from saying juice, beetle juice. They're making a point, Adam and Barbara, the Maitlands, that they would live together in harmony with the family if they don't have to do little tricks. You know, they don't have to be like actual spooky ghosts. Yeah, like have to work for their keep, basically. Like, yeah. You, let's do our thing and That's their we'll let you do our it. thing. They're compromising. And they also explain yes. as well to Lydia that like, you don't want to die. Like, you, honestly, it's... It, it's, it's oh, no. You might think that's what you want right now, but honestly, it, it's not. And they, they get through to her. And it's just very sweet, this kind of... Yeah. They don't hammer it home over the head where they're like, we want you to be our daughter. You know, they don't do that. Yeah, they're not just, like... They're supportive of her. And they're they supportive like her. of her, you know. And it's actually kind of nice that they managed yeah. to tell a story like this about someone finding you know parental figures or whatever without also being like oh and we should kill her parents or get rid of her parents you know the idea is put in here earliest enough that maybe two sets of parents can live one dead and one living with this <laughs> this girl and it'll be fine oh how very modern <laughs> it takes a village <laughs> Uh, Charles is doing his big pitch for the Ghost Amusement Park and Otho, interior design guy, he's been studying the handbook and he's got Adam and Babs' wedding outfits. I think that's the technical term, isn't it? So do you, you know, do you, do you know what happens here? Because they don't really explicitly state it, but like, I'm not sure if you, you, you got what was going on here with the whole seance. I had a glance at the Wikipedia page afterwards. Uh, this was a botched seance. He's reading the wrong thing. So is he accidentally exercising them? Is that Accidentally it? exercising them. So, so they're so going to become lost souls. He brings them back, but as he's doing it, they're rapidly getting old and decomposing and it's gross. They're kind of... It's genuine. It's probably the most upsetting thing in the movie, I think. Maybe sad. harrowing. You yeah, maybe sad. They're sort of dying, but already dead. It's, yeah, really gross. And so Lydia, Winona Ryder, she goes to Beetlejuice for help. Who are you going to call? Uh, Beetlejuice. Captain BJ. Beetlejuice. <laughs> He can't stop himself from offering to help with a kind of pervert's caveat. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it. <laughs> And look, guys, you might find yourself in a situation, which happened to us before. We Way, yeah. way back we talked about this. We were given a contract to potentially sign up with a big podcasting group, and we had to read the small print. The first yes. thing we thumped to was the pervert's caveats, <laughs> and we didn't like what we saw. No. And so he's, he's saying, oh, uh, uh, well, I, uh, will you uh, marry me? Uh, 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 we'll get uh, uh, we'll get married. How old is she supposed to be here? 
please, because I don't like this Beetle Man saying he's going to marry a child. Pretty sure she's only meant to be like a teenager, like 14 or 15. Uh, right. That's what I thought. I don't know yeah, how old yeah. Winona Ryder was, but it's I certainly... I think that's like, what's supposed to be going on. This is, I could generally describe this as a shotgun wedding scenario. <laughs> Yes, but he's got his famous suit on. He's got his stripy black and white, which he's not really worn until this point. Yeah. This is the debut of it. And it's not, that suit's not even on screen for that long. No, but it's on the film poster. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's what he wore in the cartoon as well. So I think that's kind of, yeah, I, I love this bit though when he does this is the proper fucking unhinged haunting where he's got oh, like yeah, a weird yeah. carousel hat and very long arms. Mm. Like a uh, horrible Mr. Tickle. Sorry, an even more horrible Mr. Tickle. <laughs> Creating one of those, like, carnival test of strength machines and bopping the two guests out of the building with it by turning his arms into hammers, his army hammers. <laughs> Sam, it's a spookter in 101 is what this is. Yeah. Otho gets scared off because he, um, through spooky powers, strips him of his suit to reveal another suit underneath. Is that what we were getting from this? Has he yeah, got, like, he another got off, underwear uh, suit? <laughs> I'm, I thought my theory was that it was because it was dreadfully unfashionable or something like that. Oh, so that's okay, why, right, yeah, you know, yeah, He didn't like it. I did like that he poltergeisted the fuck out of the horrible art from yes, Mrs. Yeah, Deeds yeah. and turning into yeah. all Because you know, this looks so minging and so crap <laughs> and fucking shit and angular, all creepily crawling around, very janky. Mm. And it's time for the wedding. And he <laughs> brings out this little terrible alien ghoul. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think technically like his job has been done because the maintenance are sort of free, but they're still all fucked up and old looking from this exorcism. But he's like, ah, it's wedding time. We're going to get married now. It's an absolute fucking cartoon calamity fest this oh, wedding yeah. scene because everyone keeps trying to say his name as well so he keeps trying to stop people from saying his name and yeah. all that you know oh my goodness it's an intense few moments and mm. what happens is barbara manages to escape into the afterlife yeah and she comes back with the one thing that beetlejuice is terrified of she fucking rides the worm sam oh she gotta ride the worm rides the worm to get rid of beetlejuice it fucking ride the works worm, eat the bj you know it's <laughs> These are not, no. Get it on a t-shirt. Ride the worm, eat the BJ. Those are all t-shirts that Beetlejuice would wear. You'd have all Captain BJ and eat the BJ, all that stuff, you know, ride the ride worm. Ride the worm, eat the BJ. Repeat. <laughs> and so, hey, Beetlejuice is, is out of here. And and that's kind of the end of the of that bit, you know? Cut back to a very happy modern family. Yes. We're doing fun hauntings to reward Lydia for doing well at school, where she seems all well-adjusted. She's getting on well with school and all that. Yeah. And the Dietzes are also very happy as well. It seems that it's provided an artistic inspiration of sorts for Catherine O'Hara's character. So she's yeah. like, you see, like, in the background, she's got, like, a book published and all that. Everyone's happy. And the one person who's not happy is Beetlejuice, who is doomed to wait forever in a shitty waiting room with a tiny head. Ah, that'll show him. You know what? It's, it's nice that the Dietzes, the parents, are still all right at the end of this. Even yeah, though they're kind I think of so. sort of seen as villainous. They haven't really done that much wrong. No, they didn't deserve to like lose their daughter or be killed no. or anything like that. If anything, it's kind of the least Tim Burton thing about the movie is that it ends on such a fucking yeah. happy note. And I think the ending is so happy. And so they're like... dancing ah. and singing at the end. And because what happens to Beetlejuice is so silly, he has a little head. It kind of gives us just this, like, ah, that's the end of that caper. Oh, this could be a new look for me. I mean, come <laughs> on. He likes it. But like, well, I'm sure there are people who would have left that because it's not so, like, super final finality, it's all over, the end, the end, the end. 
it does leave the door open for a sequel. But I think, in fact, <sighs> that there isn't a sequel has kind of done it a great service. Yeah. It is a perfect little tale without needing to go Hawaiian or any of the other proposed sequel ideas for it. I don't know what more you could do with Beetlejuice. Per- I'm sure you, well, you could do more stuff with the character. You could go Hawaiian. There's, there's things like, you know, we didn't see that much of Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, come on! <laughs> We don't know that much of his origin. We don't know that much of the kind of bureaucracy afterlife stuff. We could explore all those things. No, that's the thing. Like, I guess that's what a sequel would do. It would kind of pad that stuff out a bit more or bring in a new family to be haunted or something. It's it's straight away, it's diminishing returns, even though it has something that feels like, oh yeah, you could do more of this. Like, you feel that at the end of Ghostbusters 1, you feel at the end of of Beetlejuice. One decided to make more, and more and more and more, and one decided to, well, didn't decide to, they tried to make more, but for whatever reason, it never happened. But it's it's for the best. It is, in the nicest possible way, quite small in scope. I think it makes it more perfect than it would have seemed if it had a load of sequels and other guppins hanging on to it. Absolutely. I had a really good time with that. I I really enjoyed it. Were you laughing much during it? Because I felt like I laughed loads. Yeah, yeah. It's really funny. It's not a scary film. And I know it's spooky swell. But it's it's Halloweeny. It's, it's Halloweeny. Spooky though, that's it, right? You yeah. Can, like I get sometimes that people want horror comedy and all that, and mm. I find myself very often those two things. Like I have enjoyed and loved a lot of horror comedies and stuff like that, but I kind of like yeah. this where it's just let's just take some of the imagery and the kind of the themes yeah. of scarier stuff, but present it as more of a sci-fi comedy romp. Fucking yeah. love it. It was, it was really fun. The music, the Danny Alpha music we haven't really touched oh, on at all is great. On. Jaunty so as fuck. Good. Perfectly suited to this. The set design's wonderful. The costuming in this, all throughout of it. Beetlejuice's stuff, great, obviously. They spent like a million dollars on the effects which right. is like not a lot of money. That's crazy. It looks so good still. Yeah. Some of the deliberate jankiness works absolutely perfectly. It has its own somewhat timeless vibe and aesthetic. But like how much better has this aged than once again to mention Sweeney Todd, which yeah. came out probably 20 years after the fact, but because of its reliance on CG, and there's still yeah. some stop motion, but it's more CG. It looks fucking awful compared to this. Yeah. This has got the kind of the campiness and theatricalness yes that we really enjoyed on Cinema Swill with Batman and Robin yeah 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 which I suppose <laughs> you know Tim Burton had his, his fun with Batman as well yeah campy great costuming great music great performances from everyone really yeah, I, mean, I don't think there were any duds in there but it does say a lot that Michael Keaton still manages to steal the show like I genuinely think he's one of my favourite actors thinking about it now yeah. like he's just uh, so fucking good you know he's great there's not as much Beetlejuice as you'd expect but that's fine I think Yes, it's more exactly i'm struggling to find anything negative i can think really? to say about this film yeah i had a really good time it breezed by it doesn't outstay its welcome 90 thereabouts yeah yeah that's what you want and i can see why this is kind of iconic it's a kind of halloween thing but are you surprised that it's not like more i know it's iconic but yeah the fact that it doesn't seem to occupy much real estate in the old zeitgeist these days compared to other you know classic 80s offerings or even other tim burton's stuff yeah is that strange to you at all it, maybe it's in a kind of difficult zone between being it's not actually a horror film and it's maybe not held up in this but because it's got horror elements it's not held up in the same lofty heights as some of those 80s and 90s kind of comedies i think it's got it's definitely got a cult status and people love it but hey it deserves every bit of love it gets and probably more than it gets because that was a lot of fun that was just fun would would you want to see another one like say they came out and they go there's going to be beetlejuice 2 
You know, I'd we're, we're going to have Keaton's back in the saddle. Well, you know, my policy of like remake, do sequels to everything, fuck it, who cares? Yeah. I'd absolutely watch it and see what they do with it. It would be very interesting seeing Michael Keaton now doing that. I think he could pull it off. I think so, yeah. But it would be different. Yeah, I think it'd be like, it'd be like the Bill and Ted thing again. You probably could make the best sequel, because I think third Bill and Ted movie was the yeah. best sequel you could have possibly made under the circumstances. Yes. And I don't think I'll ever, 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 ever watch it again. And like, I had a, I had a good time with it, but yeah. I kind of feel like Beetlejuice 2 would be kind of destined for the same thing, that mm. there are circumstances working against it. And I think there's just a little bit of magic here that couldn't be replicated in 2021 or beyond. It just feels like there's something about when this was made and the how this was made. I yeah. just don't, like, I, I wouldn't trust Tim Burton with it anymore. Like, that's kind of where I'm at with well, it, Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it, it, I it, think he's moved on from that kind of aesthetic and that kind of mindset even of, of why you should make a movie and uh, look i know we love practical effects and there are there is some cgi there's quite a lot of cgi in this but if you treated this now with modern effects and stuff i think that might end up missing the point or ruining the look of it i think it's it's, it's captured something that is both kind of of its time and also timeless and I don't think there needs to be more to it. But that's, look, the film itself, great. I don't think you've had anything bad to say about it. No, I haven't. You've been full of praise. So yeah. I will ask you the ultimate question. Mm. Sam, your spooky star wipe rating for Beetlejuice. <sighs> <sighs> I really liked it a lot. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. I had a really good time. Are you shocked at how much you enjoyed it? A, bit, a little bit surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, but pleasantly so. Look, I've been dicking around with half measures for the last few episodes, and listeners, I'm doing it again. Four and a half star wipes. You heard it here first. Oh, thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swell. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinema swell is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at Cinemaswirl on Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Cinemaswirl on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got questions, queries, comments or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to Cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's Cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. Oh, and if there are any bits in recent episodes that you think would make particularly nice video clips, you know, the kind of thing we've had on our socials recently, then send us a tweet and let us know. All right, we'll see you next time. Cheers, bye. <laughs>